This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Oliver Condit, the editor of BBC Music Magazine, and welcome to the BBC Music Podcast. You can buy a copy of the magazine at your local newsagents or download our app to your iPad, Kindle Fire or Android tablet. And for the latest music news and more, head to our website at classical-music.com. Hello, and welcome to our monthly cover CD podcast, in which we take a brief look at the works on the disc that accompanies the latest issue of BBC Music Magazine. I am Jeremy Pound, the magazine's deputy editor, and with me today is our staff writer, Rosie Pentreath. Hello. Today, we're listening to our April 2015 issue, CD, of British works inspired by the ocean waves, Elgar's Sea Pictures, Bax's Tintagel, and Stanford's Songs of the Sea. We're going to push the boat out, as it were, with Elgar's Sea Pictures. Hoisting the mainsail in this performance is mezzo Jennifer Johnston, ably assisted by a crew of the BBC National Orchestra of Wales, under the captainship of Francesco Angelico.
Well, orchestral imagery doesn't get more graphic than that, I'd say. Floating on the gently rocking waves there was mezzo Jennifer Johnston, singing a moment from a sea slumber song, the first of Elgar's sea pictures. Tell us about the words that Elgar sets here and in the other sea pictures, Rosie. Well, Sea Slumber Song is a poem by the English poet Rodin Noel. It begins, Sea birds are asleep, the world forgets to weep, sea murmurs her soft slumber song. So naturally, Elgar set this very kind of peaceful sea. Um, while the sea pictures opens with this kind of very expressive sort of lullaby, there are also more turbulent sort of settings. Poet Adam Lindsay Gordon's The Swimmer, for example, is much more uneasy, um, and the words sort of tell of the sea um, becoming increasingly rough and swelling, and that's matched in the music. The way Elgar set his wife Caroline Alice's poem, In Haven, and also Richard Garnett's Where Corals Lie, um, is much more grandiose, um, and you get the sense of how awe-inspiring the sea can be. Elgar, incidentally, composed his sea pictures in 1899, and they were premiered at the Norfolk and Norwich Festival that year, sung by the formidable contralto Clara Butt. By all accounts, she was dressed as a mermaid, which must have been rather wonderful to behold. In the main, if you'll forgive the pun, the sea pictures have a, have, as you say, a quite a, a calm feel, a kind of atmospheric feel. But the final picture, the swimmer, is just a little bit more stormy, and it's also very, very Elgarian. Here it is. was The Swimmer, the last of Elgar's sea pictures, sung here by Jennifer Johnston on our April issue cover disc. Also on the disc is Stanford's Songs of the Sea, sung by baritone Mark Stone and the London Chorus with the BBC Concert Orchestra under Barry Wordsworth. Here they are in Drake's Drum, the first of the set. Drake is in his hammock and a thousand mile away Captain, at the sleep in there below. Slung between the round shot in the pretty of Spain, and dreaming all the time of Plymouth Hoe. Yonder looms the island, yonder lie the ships, we sail the land to dancing hill and toe. And the shore lights flashing, and the night tide dashing, this is in all so Composed in 1904, Stanford's take on the sea and his choice of text to set are very different from Elgar's, aren't they, Rosie? Yes, so while you've got this sort of sense of peace and very immersive music in Elgar's sea pictures, Stanford's work is much more turbulent and sort of immediate. It opens with uh, Drake's drum, which we heard there, um, which, as you can hear, is very march-like and it feels very patriotic. Um, and Devon O'Devon in Wind and Rain and The Old Superb are both quite bolshy and kind of uproarious as well and um, these songs come more from the point of view of of the sort of seafaring tough naval men um than they do the kind of awe of the sea's mystery well as with elgar's sea pictures stanford's songs of the sea are five in number 
As a proud Cornish person, Rosie, you will doubtless want us to play a clip from the third of them. So here it is, sung by Mark Stone. This is Devon, oh Devon, in wind and rain. That was Mark Stone and the BBC Concert Orchestra in Devon O Devon from Stanford's Songs of the Sea. But let's finish by heading a little further west into Cornwall and the glorious site of Tintagel. That, of course, was Bax's Tintagel, played on our April cover CD by the BBC National Orchestra of Wales under Vernon Handley. As BBC Music Magazine's representative for Cornwall, tell us what Bax is depicting here, Rosie. Bax is reputed to have asked his audience not to attribute Tintagel to a strict programmatic element, um, but then he went on to give the music a very detailed sort of visual imagery. Um, so, it, yeah, it's, it's about the ruins um, at Tintagel, um, the castle in North Cornwall, and it opens with this majestic brass passage, which Bax himself describes as the ruined castle, now so ancient and weather-worn, almost to seem an emanation of the rock upon which it was built. That description, and of course the music itself, um, sort of instantly evokes this magnificent kind of cliff top um, and its remains. After the brass, you have a string entry depicting the serene and almost limitless space of the ocean before a more agitated passage towards the middle, a passage which will perhaps convey the impression of immense waves slowly gathering force until they smash themselves upon the impregnable rocks, according to Bax. Um, the piece concludes, to quote Bax again, with a picture of the castle still proudly fronting the sun and winds of centuries. So, so you can see it is very programmatic. I mean, Bax has got these very um, detailed descriptions of the landscape. And I think any of, any of you who have been to Cornwall and specifically Tintagel will appreciate kind of how evocative this music is and sort of you can picture these wild cliffs and views of the sea. Exactly. And our recording of Tintagel, incidentally, is conducted by Vernon Handy, as I say, who I dare to say um, had few, if any, peers in the orchestral music of Bax. Anyway, this, sadly, is the last podcast that Rosie will be doing for BBC Music before she heads off to exciting new ventures in Australia. I'll be back next month in the company of editor Oliver Condy when we'll be discussing our May cover CD of Shostakovich's Symphony No. 10. In the meantime, it's goodbye from me, goodbye from Rosie. Goodbye. And we're going to leave you with the glories of the Cornish coast, courtesy of Arnold Bax.
Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.